Good morning. It's great to see you guys uh, out here this morning and uh, to be able to worship God together. It's just, it's a real treat, ain't it? It's amazing. I love it. I love it. Uh, one thing I forgot to say um, for prayer request, uh, my little sister, Harmony, she's young, five. I've got too many sisters. I've got five sisters, so it's hard to keep track. Um, she's having surgery here uh, tomorrow. Uh, to fix her speech impediment. They've got to go in uh, to the back of her throat uh, and put some skin back there and, and close things up so she'll be able uh, to talk right. Um, so please uh, pray for her uh, as she goes through that. I'm sure it's probably going to be a scary thing uh, for a five-year-old to go through. Uh, but if you would, keep that in your prayers and, and all the rest that uh, we mentioned. If you have your Bibles this morning or whatever you have the Bible on, um, let's go to John chapter 4. <clears throat> John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, and uh, like Brent mentioned last week, he kind of gave us an introduction, but our sermon uh, series for this month uh, is in John, and what we want to focus on and what John is on is that we may believe. So we're going to be in John chapter 4 today, starting in verse 7, uh, down through 14, John chapter 4, 7 through 14, it says this, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Verse number 10, Jesus answered and said, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you a drink of living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then will you get this living water? Are you no greater than our father Jacob, uh, the one who gave us this well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give to him will become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. Let's pray this morning as we get started out. Dear God, we come before you this morning and we're just so, so thankful uh, for this opportunity that we have to come together and to open up your word and learn from it. God, I pray that you'll be with us as we do this this morning, that we'll have open hearts and open minds uh, to what your word says to us, and God, that what we say and what we do will be uplifting and pleasing to your sight. God, I thank you so much for each and every one who's uh, here this morning, whether uh, in person or online. God, I just pray that you'll bless them. And um, we just thank you so much for our forever family here at North Broadway. We just pray that you'll bless us as we uh, continue on into this new year. God, let this be a year uh, that we get right with you. And God, let this be a year uh, that we look for revival within our congregation here. And God, that we would grow um, in you and in number. God, I just thank you so much for the blessings you give us. I thank you uh, so much for allowing us to have another day of life and all the blessings that come along with it. But God, help us to use these blessings and take them out to people and just uh, share with them the gospel. God, let us never forget the greatest blessing that you've ever given us. And that's your son Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us. And I pray all this in his name. Amen. The woman at the well. That's what we want to talk about this morning. A story that we've all heard at least once or twice in our lifetime. But do we actually dive in to see what Jesus is trying to say and the things that actually pertain to this story. A woman from Samaria comes all alone to draw water. 
Jesus says to her, give me a drink. The Samaritan woman asked him in disbelief, how can you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink? And I'm sure she's probably thinking, man, why is he asking me, a Samaritan, a woman, for a drink? But Jesus said to this woman, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is who is asking for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you a drink of living water. The woman replies to him, sir, you have nothing to get water in. Where will you get this living water? But Jesus says back to her, everyone who drinks of the water from this well will become thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never grow thirsty. This woman came from the city of Sohar, and every day she would walk about a half mile or so uh, and back carrying water either on her head or on her shoulder. In the custom of that day, uh, the women would meet together at this well, and they would go and get their daily supply of water, and while they were there, they would talk about the things that are happening, the gossips, kind of like the beauty shop of nowadays, right? They would meet together and, and talk with one another. But I want you to notice something, that this woman was alone. She wasn't with the rest of the women. And my theory is, and, and this is the popular one, is that this woman was a social outcast due to her adulterous situation. None of the respectable citizens would want to have anything to do with this lady or associate with her. After all, she was an outcast. She was an unclean adulteress, a Samaritan, a woman. So how would Jesus approach this situation? How would Jesus uh, overcome these barriers and reach her without putting up more barriers? So, what does Jesus do? Let's jump down to verse 9. He simply asks for a drink. But even to speak with this woman in those days was an unordinary thing. And so I can imagine that this woman was astonished. She probably recognizes Jesus as a Jew, either uh, from his speech or the way he looks or by uh, how he's dressed. And to add on to her astonishment, Jesus is going to ask for a drink out of the same vessel that she's drinking out of. And now Jews did not do this. Jews didn't even have anything to do with Samaritans. Jews didn't have anything to do with women. When, when a, a, a Pharisee or a Sadducee would walk down the road and they see a woman, they'd hide their head. And a lot of times they'd bump into things and people would make fun of them and, and ridicule them for that. So this woman was astonished that Jesus, A, is speaking to her, that he's asking for a drink from the same pot that she's drinking out of. And if Jesus were to do that, or if a Jew was to drink out of the same pot, a Jew would have to go and have to cleanse themselves ceremonially. So this is unordinary. Why is this guy coming up to me out, out of the middle of nowhere, asking for a drink? He's a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Don't make sense. But let's jump down to verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty, nor come here all day or every day to draw water. He said to her, Go and call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have answered correctly, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you are with now is not your husband. You have said truly in this. Ooh. <laughs> it just got interesting. She asked for a drink of water, and Jesus says, hey, why don't you uh, call your husband to come over here? She says, oh, I ain't got no husband. He's like, yeah, you're right, you don't. 
right? You actually had five, and the dude you're with now, not your husband. So, ooh, awkward, right? I'd be sweating if that happened to me. But the woman missed the boat. She's thinking that Jesus has some magical physical water that if she could have a drink of this, that she wouldn't have to come here every day. Right? She would never be thirsty again. Physically, she would never be thirsty. But in reality, Jesus is talking about spiritually. In verse 16 comes the next approach of Jesus. And he uses a little more dramatic and personal means of bringing this woman to an understanding of what living water actually is. So first, Jesus must make her soul thirsty. The truth of God reveals two things in our life. And I want you to, to remember this because it's true. Number one, it reveals our sinful and unrighteous state that causes us to thirst after Him. And number two, it reveals that God manifested through Jesus as the living water that can quench that thirst. Before we can be saved, we first must be lost. You can't be saved if you're already saved. You have to be lost first. And no one can be saved unless we first recognize our lost state. The Samaritan woman must have the full light of God's perfect standard focused upon her moral life to show her her need for living water. The gospel, of course, can be rejected. When the light of God's truth shines upon good and honest hearts, they will become hungry and thirsty to partake in the nature of God. But the results are different with evil hearts. They are increased in their hardness, and the longer they reject, the harder their hearts become. Jesus cannot give the woman of Samaria the living water until she has a thirst for it. Thus, Jesus... In his omnipresent uh, forces, the woman to see herself as one who needs this water, this living water. And so Jesus, like I said, Jesus kind of throws a little twist into the conversation. He says, hey, go bring your husband here. And then suddenly, the story changes. Right? Suddenly, this woman isn't as excited to see a Jew talking to her. And she answers back. Some believe the woman to be making a humble confession of her sins rather than seeking to conceal the fact that she was living with a man in an adulterous relationship. However, she's trying to evade the issue and her next move was to raise a theological question for dispute concerning the two religions. She's thinking, oh, Jesus got me, so I'm going to throw one back at him, right? That's how it works. We don't like to be wrong. We don't like it when somebody comes up and points out our sin, do we? Right? We can, you know, I can sit here all day and tell somebody their sins, but when somebody does it back to me, ooh, no, don't work out. So the reply of Jesus in verse 17 and 18 is kind of weird. He continues to probe. He knows just how to proceed. And it is as Jesus is saying, you're correct when you say you don't have a husband. She is living with a man, but he is not her husband. Then Jesus proceeds to tell her the story of her life. And there are two important blessings that this woman receives. Jesus, by his power, to search her heart and reveal her past, has A, revealed her sin, 
and made her desire righteousness and manifest to some extent his presence and his divine nature and thus provided her a way to righteousness. And so this morning, I want to ask you a question. Me and Brent were talking about this this week. The best way, if you can't figure something out, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And so this morning, I want you to do that. Picture yourself going someplace, wherever it is that you go daily, maybe work, the store, something like that. And Jesus comes up to you. And he asks you for a simple favor. Whether that be a drink or something to eat or to get something off the top shelf form, something like that. It's something so simple. Right? And you're thinking, man, where'd this dude come from? He's dressed a little funny. He looks a little funny. Why is he talking to me? And then he proceeds to tell you everything that you've ever done. Good and bad. Like I said, you'd probably be sweating a little. Jesus tell you about that time when you were five years old and you disobeyed your mom and so she stuck you in the corner and you started peeling wallpaper and then that didn't work so she spanked you and then that didn't work then she sent you to your room and that didn't work, right? Jesus tell you all these things about your life. You probably just sit here, man, be a little more quiet. There's people around. They may, they may hear some of these things, right? Well, I'm going to tell you something. One day it's going to happen. Whether that's in this lifetime or in the lifetime to come, Jesus will find you and he will tell you everything that you've ever done, good or bad. Now, here in this lifetime, you may not get the chance that this woman got to have a physical appearance of Jesus, right? Jesus isn't going to come up when you wake up and be like, hey, let's talk for a second, right? But I tell you what, if you've done something wrong, you know it, don't you? You don't have to be a Christian to know you've done something wrong. You know when you've done something wrong. I know I do. Maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm the only one, but I doubt it. We know when we do something wrong, and we've got the chance to fix that right here, right now. And I tell you, <laughs> better do it right here, right now, Versus standing before him on judgment day. One day you're going to get the chance to stand face to face with Jesus. And I highly suggest you do it right now. Come in contact with the blood of Jesus right now. Don't wait until eternity to stand before Jesus. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, don't, don't work. If we go back to Matthew uh, chapter 7. We've all heard this one before, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. A lot of times I think this verse has been so watered down that sometimes it starts to lose its meaning. But this verse is the scariest verse in the whole Bible. Out of all these pages, these words are the most scariest ones. He says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name performed all these wonderful miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. 
What do you want to hear? When you stand before Jesus face to face on judgment day, I don't want to hear this. Right? To have Jesus stand before face the Savior of the world, the one that can wash away your sins, that can take everything away, and you stand before him, he goes, man, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Get out of here. Ooh. Bad. Bad news. I'd rather stand before right now and say, Jesus, you know what? I've messed up. I've done things that I shouldn't have done. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. But right now, I want to make my life right with you. So that way, one day, when I stand before you, I don't have to deal with the consequences. I can be covered by your blood. Jesus has a way of seeking out the outcast, don't he? This woman here in John chapter 4, caught in adultery, Right? Another time, he catch, or the Pharisees catch a, a woman in the very act. And they're getting ready to kill her. And so they come over to Jesus and say, Hey man, what should we do? Trying to test him, right? But what does Jesus do? He says, He who is without sin cast a first stone. And one by one, rocks started hitting the ground. And he goes over to the woman and he says, Arise. Go your way. Sin no more. This morning you may be thinking, man, I've got these sins that I, nobody can replace. I've got sins that are so big, nobody's going to want to deal with it. I, I'm embarrassed of my sin. I'm ashamed of it. It may be things that you've done before you're a Christian. Maybe things that uh, you're do, you did as a Christian. Maybe it's things you're doing right now. And this morning, I don't want to come off as, as mean or hateful or anything like that. But get rid of those. I'm begging you earnestly, repent before it's too late. Stand face to face with Jesus right now instead of on judgment day. It don't matter if you're caught in adultery like this woman was. It don't matter if you're a drunkard. It don't matter if you're a drug addict. None of that matters. Get your life right before it's too late. Why do we, why do we as a church sit around and do all these things? Oh, it's no big deal. I'll, you know, when I'm older or something, I'll get rid of these sins. Or, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get rid of it. No. No. Get your life right right now. Jesus... He, he don't care if you're caught in adultery right now. He don't care if you're a drug addict. What he wants is for you to be washed in his blood. That's what he wants. That's what he wanted for this woman. All he wanted was to tell her about the things that she could have, about the eternal life. And this morning, Jesus stands here and he tells you the same thing. Through his word, he's telling us the same thing. That we too can get rid of our past. Now, maybe... Within our own hearts, we can't forgive ourselves for the things that we've done. But today, we can go away knowing that Jesus has. And how wonderful that is. I know I've done things. I've messed up big time. And I'm sure you have too. But there's good news. And that's Jesus. He offers us that living water. And we can have that this morning. And he tells us how he can do that. 
right? Romans tells us that when we are immersed is the point when we come in contact with the blood of Jesus. It's a reenactment of his death, his burial, and his resurrection, right? Galatians tells us that we who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That's the good news. And so if you have not done that, if you have not come in contact with the blood of Jesus, let today be the day that that happens. Like I said, it don't matter what you've done before because once you are buried under that water and rise up again, all those things that you have ever done, gone. Blotted out. No more. That's it. Done. Or maybe this morning you're a Christian who has fallen away or or caught up in some type of sin. And you don't know how you're going to get out. The sin just keeps on piling over top of you. Come. Let us help you. Let us pray for you. Or if you just need to do it in your very pew this morning. Get your life right with God. Do it before you leave this morning. I am begging you. Please, before it's too late. We're going to close out this morning.